Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. This episode is sponsored by Polymorph Crafts. Visit polymorphcrafts.com to learn about their high-quality, compact, and affordable tabletop accessories. Hello, everyone. Before we begin, I have a quick announcement about Dungeon Drunks at RTX. Our podcast began as a live D&D game at the Rooster Teeth Fan Expo in 2013. We raised money for charity with the help of SideQuest, which is an excellent organization that creates safe and fun events at conventions and helps raise money for awesome charities like Extra Life, Able Gamers, and Operation Supply Drop. After a few years of only playing D&D at RTX, we expanded to be this weekly podcast you know and love. But our commitment to SideQuest and raising money for charity remains the same. So along with our live game during the convention, we are once again offering a package of D&D goodies for the SideQuest charity auction. But SideQuest has a whole community weekend to offer. It takes place August 2nd through the 5th during RTX Austin. SideQuest's Community Weekend is all about having fun with your fellow Rooster Teeth fans while raising money for charity. Along with that charity auction, there's a Bar Olympics, a cool-down lounge to enjoy, and lots of really good people that you get to hang out with. And now Dungeon Drunk listeners can take 15% off of a weekend badge with the special code SQDUNGEON15. That's right, that's 15% off a code for the entire weekend with the code SQDUNGEON15. Q D U N G E O N the number 1 and the number 5 head over to sidequest.org to use that code and come enjoy a fantastic weekend with us while helping support some amazing charities and now distinguished adventurers last time on dungeon drunks after vanquishing a pair of beholder like entities the party head deep into the woods to examine a strange clearing still searching for the coven of hags they've been directed to destroy. There, among the muddy ground, stands a single tall hill with a charred and dead stump at the top. While most of the investigations turn up very little, Jonathan takes in the surroundings with his arcane senses and realizes that the entire clearing they are in is a massive illusion. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren, also known as Obocrazy. And tonight... As for the last couple of episodes, I have another entry into the Cider Wars. I even have a another live tasting. This is some of the last of the hard cider that I picked up when I, I did my, my trip out to go get some. This is Number 6 Cider Co., which is local to Seattle. Their pomegranate cider. Nice big can here. Nothing fancy about the can, but I just, I, I was intrigued by pomegranate. So here we go. Live tasting time. Pomegranate makes me happy. So let's see. That very pomegranate. Wow. Huh. Well, the last one was very pineapple, right? That's true. Jonathan will talk a little bit more about this in a moment. But the last one that I tried was it was on our Patreon special one shot. I, I tried out a pineapple cider, which was really good, but also very surprisingly pineapple. This is very surprisingly pomegranate-y. Pomegranate-y? Pom whatever. I don't know, there's another one I have to taste a little bit more of to enjoy. Speaking of Jonathan, Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Magimuscular. And tonight, in a timely fashion, I have, making the return to uh, the show, an Up Yours Putin. 
because you might have one of those. Up yours, Putin and his fucking <laughs> Muppet of a of a puppet wannabe dictator. Speaking of that guy, I have a drink that is perfect for traitorous tiny hands. It is a shot of what is normally fireball, but today I am calling pants on fire for reasons. <laughs> anyway. This shot of Pants on Fire, to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball, or the equivalent spell thereof, is dedicated to our patrons. And if you hey. if you hadn't heard, we have a special one-shot up on our Patreon right now. It is me taking Jack, Jules, uh, Lauren, and our special guest, Luke McKay, on a magical seafaring one-shot. It was a lot of fun. There might be a twist at the end. Who knows? Let's see. But if you join our Patreon, this shot of Pants on Fire will retroactively be for you. Also, we love our patrons because they're awesome and they let us do good stuff. We do. Mm-hmm. And they enable us to play more D&D, which is always fun. Bernie, what are you drinking? All right. Tonight, again, I have another local beer. It's Lost Craft. Uh, it's a revival premium lagered ale. And like all the beers I've been buying, it's so pretty. Yeah. It's just like very simplistic. And it is, does it say where? It brewed, brewed in Toronto. Yeah. So it's local to the Ontario area, which is a very, 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 very big area. And <laughs> let's see. we're Drivable. Going. Drivable area. If you can drive there in a decent amount of time, I consider it local. Yeah. I, it's Well, it depends on what part of Toronto you're trying to get to. Five hours will get you True. outside of Toronto on the north. Seven hours will get you south of Toronto. And if it's the traffic, you can just add one to all of those numbers. So let's let's try it. Ooh, yes. Yes. <laughs> the yes of affirmation. I don't like very hoppy beers, and this is like a Lagerdale, and it's just really good. Excellent. It's really good. I don't like IPAs. IPAs can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> and with those wise words, Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is something I kind of made at the last second. I looked in my fridge to see what I saw had, and I have some iced tea. I had some mango juice, and then over in my bar, I had a little bit of Sailor Jerry's rum. So I combined them all, and I came up with a drink that I'm calling the Strabo, for reasons documented <laughs> by Jonathan. Strabo's the name of my character in uh, in the one shot that we do. So be sure to listen to it and make yourself a Strabo as uh, something to drink drink while you're listening. It sounds delicious. I hope it it's is. It's really yummy. It's good. It's summery. Like so, the sweetness from the mango juice. Like, mango juice by itself is super duper thick unless you get it, like, cut down somehow. So you only put a little bit in there. And then it combines with the iced tea to make it give it the sweetness or what have you. And then the rum gives it that feel like like you're you're a pirate or some kind of sailor or privateer. So I get to live up to my family's <laughs> proud naval legacy by drinking the Strabo. Excellent. And finally, Carlton, what are you drinking? It me. So it you. I have <laughs> a, a sip zesty orange. And I chose this. Because a little over a year ago, not exactly because of recording schedules, we had our live game at RTX. Hey! And you may have remembered the Hydra Hooch. Oh, I, I've never forgotten. Yes. I still have yeah. some. Well, the Zesty Orange is Blood Orange, Lime, and Jalapeno. Oh my. Ooh! So let's give this a taste and remember exactly one year ago how much I hated my life. Yeah, oh, I no. do. It's not 
terrible. It's definitely not as spicy as the Hydra Hooch. Jalapeno is one of those things in where it, it creeps up on you. So yeah, the- I can taste the jalapeno, and I don't know how well it blends, but it's not bad. It's drinkable. Have you ever had the ginger ale that's, like, made with real ginger? The spicy ginger ale? Yes, that stuff's good. And you think, oh, this is great. And then you slowly build a ring of fire around your face by the end of the night. (laughs) Yeah, you just keep drinking. You're like, And you're like, no, but it tastes so good. The first hit's so good. It's the kind of thing you just need to have, like, a shot glass of. Well, we'll check in with everybody's drinking halfway through this episode. But for the moment, let's dive right back on in to that fateful moment as you are all standing in the Feywild in a clearing dominated by a a giant lone hill with a dead tree on top of it that Bernie was just examining. Jonathan has just done this arcana check and rolled a natural 20 and had one of those moments where the camera spins around him as he realizes that it's all an illusion. What would you like to do? It's guys, a fake. guys, 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 yeah. what's up? Yeah, yeah, come It's down. all I... an illusion. What? Wait, all an illusion. Like, you we mean got to get out of here. We got to the Fae Wild? How much of it is illusion? No, no. This, this area, this grove, this, the, anything that's unnatural here, that's why it's unnatural. It's not real. Okay. Oh. From around the bend of the hill, you hear a voice that says, Well, I guess at this point it doesn't matter if I'm hidden or not. And a woman steps into view. She is human and about middle-aged, seems to be mid-40s or so in a plain peasant's dress. She's got boots that are muddy on. Her hair is this big mass of blonde curls that seem to be going a little bit gray along the sides that she's got pulled back into a ponytail. She's rubbing her hands together and, and looks kind of sad and a little, maybe a little nervous. And she looks at all of you. She looks up at Bernie on the the top of the hill where you'd been examining this tree that you now know is probably not really a tree. And she says, well, I tried. You you can't blame me. I I guess the pixies sent you here, didn't they? To kill some hags. Yeah. Well, we're not the hags you're looking for, but we're the hags they sent you to kill. I suppose, I suppose, I suppose we should just drop it. Grandmother. And she pounds on the side of the hill. And there's, for all of you, there's just like this dull thud, 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 thud. But then after a moment, the air shimmers a little bit and the hill shimmers a little bit. And it's not a hill anymore. Or it is a hill, but there's a door. And there's a couple of windows. And Bernie, up on top of the hill, the tree that you'd been examining, it isn't a tree. The reason it felt cold and like stone is because it's a chimney. It's cold and like stone. And it is still a hill, but it looks like they're like kind of like a hobbit hole. There's a house dug into this hill. And the woman looks at you and says, We've been trying to just hide. We were hoping the last couple of, of groups that came by, they were dumb enough to just burn our, our the roof of our house and leave and say that it was all done. But apparently you're a little, a little more difficult to fool. Would you like to come inside and have some tea? And she moves over to the door. Honestly, no. I mean, 
look, talk out here on, like, neutral-ish ground before uh, we go inside. I agree. Yes. I thought if we go inside and they feed us, then they can't hurt us. No, Carlton. No, no, no. no. Not, not no. here. Not here, Carlton. That's our no. world. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. The woman pats her, her dress down, kind of getting some, some dirt off of it and looks at you and, and sighs and says, yes, I guess that's that's fine. You probably have questions. A I, couple of I, suggestions. I, I will happily take them, but unless it involves being able to get us back to where we came from, then I'm not sure what else you can do. Let's start with the obvious question. Did you guys send a Beyonder to this village, to, nor- to home? A Beyonder? A Beholder. 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 That's what I'm to say. Beholder. Beholder, I'm Beyonder! <laughs> I'm Beyonder the Beholder! The woman says the only thing that we tried to send to those pixies was our well wishes and our our desire to stay alone. But they are mischievous. They are tricksy beings. And let me guess. Let me just. And she holds out her hand. She says, let me pretend that I can see the 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 inner workings of your mind and and take a wild guess that they offered you magic items and told you you were the heroes they were looking for and that they could see the future and that you were going to defeat their enemies and it was all going to be glorious. No, they didn't. And John uh, well, Magic Muscular like does this. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, because they said this does up. lightning. Bernie's going to hold up the mice and she's going to say, they definitely gave us stuff. And they definitely saw us fighting things, and... I mean, they said this did lightning, and it did jack shit against that death kiss, so maybe it's not actually magical. Well, listen, you do not have to feel like you have been deceived. For all I know, they believe the malaki that they tell everybody. They they truly believe that the, the whatever weird dreams and portents that they are getting is is truly real that they're seeing the future and that that is what is happening so it is possible they're not lying to you they're just interested in causing as much mischief as possible without actually being in the middle of it themselves insight travancore like your own insight check on everything that's been yeah, said so far bernie would too yes yo you know travancore's whole theory that which was actually a code for a politically marginalized woman actually may or may not pan out we'll see that's a 24 my friends i got an 18 same also an 18 jonathan the magic muscular uh seven jonathan she is a little hard to read you're you're not you don't really trust anything in the Feywild. Travancore and Carlton, you you don't sense that she's lying about anything, but you do realize that she has answered some of your questions in a way that hasn't actually answered your question. But you, you don't know if she's lying or just withholding the truth. Bernie, you specifically hone in on the moment in where the beholder was asked about and she she answered in a way that didn't answer where the beholder came from. I mean, look, friend, lady, gender neutral person. My name is Zilla. It is, I'd say it's nice to meet you, but considering you were sent to kill us, I'm not quite sure if I should really say that just yet. You know, that is the funny thing, right? One time I met this dragon and he tried to eat me, but then he didn't try to eat me. Relationships are weird. 
You say you're not the hags we're looking for. Who did send the beholder? Well, what did the pixies tell you? Well, you have- I. Let's put what the pixies think aside. You seem to have some kind of knowledge of what is- I want to hear your side of the story. I don't go around willy-nilly killing people. I like to very, you know, be- I like- I've got a moral compass and it points places. And, um, if you can tell me who sent- I mean, look- are you? Is this a Hatfields and the McCoys kind of thing we're about to get into? Is this a feud where the Pixies did a thing to you and you guys sent that beholder? Because honestly, like, I don't know how diplomacy works in your world. I don't know if it's a word you've ever heard of. I'm pretty sure it's a word the Pixies have not heard of, and they'd probably think it's a kind of sandwich if they did. From the door, as as you've been saying this, from the door that has appeared into this hut, you hear a small voice say, Auntie, what's a Hapfield? And you look over and you see that there is a child standing there, 12, 13, 14-ish, human child, also kind of in a plain dress, bare feet. She's got uh, similar facial features and has a, a resemblance to this woman who's introduced herself as Zilla, but she has called this woman Auntie. And Zilla turns to her and says, Peggy, just go go back on inside. It's not important. And instead of going back and inside, this little girl runs out and grabs Zilla by the waist in, in a hug and looks over at you and says, Oh, hi, were you kidnapped by the pixies too? Oh, my. Well, to answer your first question, a Hat, Hatfield is a family in a book that uh, comes from my friend Travancore's world. Sort of. They're popular in New Jersey. Mm. The little child looks over at you, Travancore, <laughs> and is just like, did you did you bring it? We don't really have much in the way of, of fresh stories here. And my auntie and my grandma my, my mama is right, running out of stuff. And I could really use some new stories. And the, the woman pats her on the back gently and says, hush, hush, hush. We're, my apologies. We've been here little while now and everyone that she has seen has either tried to kidnap her or kill her or kill us so she's okay. probably excited to just talk to someone other than me or her her grandmother so is this why you sent the beholder we are here just hiding the pixies stole her and they want her back and we decided that this was not acceptable and came and got her but we haven't been able to go back where we came from yet. And so they've been sending people to kill us. Wait a minute. They stole who? Peggy. She points down at Peggy, to the Peggy. little child. Peggy, you got a sister named Eliza? I was a guest of the Pixies. Angelica as well. Uh, so mm. maybe. But in order to get Peggy back, you still haven't answered the question of who sent the beholder. This is like important to us. And it is going to gonna kind of shape where we go from here but, but we need an answer also, for that it's oh, like i'm not killing this kid i'm not gonna kill this kid but that's i appreciate that we would we would have some cross words if you decided we've gone through a lot of trouble to hide this place because look i don't think you're bad people i think they preyed upon your sensibilities and sent you out to go do what they think is the right thing this is not the first group of 
powerful people come our way. You're just the first in a little while that we haven't been able to fool with grandmother's illusions. So I don't blame you, but I don't know why, except that they're fey creatures. They do strange things for their own amusement, and you shouldn't feel like... Is there a reason you're helping them? You you can't just walk away. There is a beholder in their village. Beholders are inherently dangerous, inherently evil. The fact that there's yes. one there is telling enough. Also, we have Absolutely. We have an asset there right now that we really want to leave intact. Yeah, we got, there's this nice man that turns into a duck sometimes, and he made me a lemon tree, and we sort of said we'd help him get to his grandfather's house, and let me tell you what, we did not ask enough questions. No, I, I yeah, and I'm regarding him as cargo at this point, and uh, JMM Wink said Bernie. You're not wrong, my friend. The the little child speaks up and says, "Oh, is your is do you have a grandfather here too? Who who what, where's your grandfather? Maybe your grandfather can be my grandmother, and the two of them can get together, and they could they could have you know they because old people they like to talk about other kind of things. Yeah, old people do like to talk about old people things. Our friend Upcho over there. <laughs> <laughs> I Travancore says this as Travancore. I never should have taught you that word." <laughs> All of a sudden, the child is very distracted, goes wide-eyed. Carlton looks at your back and says, is that a puppy? (gasps) And reaches her arms out. She is a 11, 12, 13-year-old-ish human child, and so she barely comes up to your waist, but immediately she lets go of her aunt and runs up to you and is holding her arms out where Blue has poked his snout over the side of the basket. I want Shadow to do a smell check. I want to see whether these people smell human or not. Sure. Go ahead and have him roll. I guess have him roll a perception check for smell. All right, wisdom well, and keen smell, so bonus. I'll, I'll say he can smell either the child or the adult that's currently out there. He probably can't smell both. I want to say the child. Okay. Meanwhile, Carlton, you have a small child holding out a pup, holding out her hands, uh, excitedly to grab a puppy. Yeah, so uh, Shadow rolled a natural 20. That's a 24. Everybody drink. (laughs) All right, everybody drink for Shadow uh, clearing out his nostrils and smelling Mm. the world. (laughs) Shadow, who is never far from your side, Travancore, doesn't have to even really move to reach out with a nose and sniff this child who is holding her hands out like any small child would towards a white puppy with blue eyes. Blue, who is now at this point hanging over the basket, tongue lolling out. <laughs> because, you know, puppies and small children, and that that's just a natural attraction. Travancore? Yeah. Shadow's about to roll an attack on this child. Oh my. I need you to roll an attack on this child. Okay. He rolled a natural 20. Oh boy. Well, we might as well bite her because why not? I'll let you pick the attack. But... It doesn't matter. They're, ba- they're both basically the same. So why not bite her? That's going to be a 21. That hits. Go ahead and roll damage. Oh, boy. Well, this isn't quite the evening I envisioned for myself going into this game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but here we Shadow are. Shadow goes savage. I will I will ask that when the authorities lock me up that, uh, that the community, our dear patrons, take good care of Travancore Jr. All right, here we go. <laughs> That's going to be an eight. Well, at least it... 
I don't know. Like, I don't know what this thing is. So why their attack was rolled, that's, that's what happened. Okay. Bites a small child. Okay. So eight damage. And Shadow does not do magical damage, though. All right. Shadow can kind of sense what it is that you want from him. And rolls up and, and gives this child a <laughs> sniff as she comes on up. And there's not even any hesitation. You see his posture immediately change from cautious wary to full-on attack mode as he clamps down and basically kind of grabs the, the, the kid by the arm a little bit, who immediately pulls her arms back and hisses at Shadow. And three. That's... I need to double check that. This child points her hand out at Shadow, hissing at him. And Jonathan, you recognize Magic Missile when you see it as eight damage as three darts fly into this thing. Zillow runs up and grabs the child and pulls back and says, what, what, what is your bear doing? What is going on? Yeah, what is your kid doing? Look, I've had to bring that bear back from almost the dead many times. What's wrong with your kid? Your kid's not a human. Peggy has started to cry and then looks at you, Carlton, and says, If I can't have him, then nobody can! And reaches out her hand again. It's my brother. You cannot have my brother. Jonathan, she's casting a spell. Uh, fourth level counterspell. Fourth level. Okay. I get um, fucked over by counterspells these days, so I'm not fucking around anymore. <laughs> All right. You know what? It's a good thing that it was. You don't know exactly what she was casting. It probably wasn't another magic missile with the gesture that she was making. But yeah, it goes away. And that spell slot goes away. All right, I think we've had our questions answered. Sorry. And Zilla looks at all of you and her demeanor changes. Like, now that this child has started to uh, have a hissy fit, basically, in her arms, she puts the child down, who is glaring at Carlton. And Zilla says, all right, well... We hadn't had a chance to teach her restraint yet, but I guess this is how it's going to go. Grandmother! We can all roll initiative. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say this right now, because I know it freaked you guys out, but literally when, when Shadow rolled that natural 20, I'm like, well, there's no way he doesn't know. That, that pretty much of which <laughs> that pretty much solved all of those problems right there. About you like, know what? Well, patrons... Enjoy your pants on fire as this this illusion, this uh, malarkey was revealed. Thank you, Shadow. Thank you, Counterspell. This is for you, patrons. Also, Jack is rolling really well tonight, so that's well, good. More specifically, Shadow, but yeah. I was going to say, is he or is Shadow rolling really well? Oh, jeez. I'm so glad you taught me how to roll dice, Travancore. Oh, oh yes, friend bear. I have also done quite well. I, 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 I think, I think I will be going near first. Not quite first, but near first. Oh, oh, I'm, oh, I'm so excited. Oh, I'm puffing up. Ooh. I knew she was a witch without smelling. In my country, we <laughs> this snake. She's not I, a witch. She's a witch, and I nope. will light her. I will use that fire that the bear thinks comes out of his asshole to light her Jules, on fire. No, hold on, hold on. Before we get started, Jules, this is this is Jules with the actual player addressing Jules, the actual player. Permission to set potential witches on fire. 
ma'am. Being oh, from North man. Carolina, I, I feel like I see crayfish I, I, I don't know, man. I just like, honestly, I mean, I know this is I'm game sorry. and I know they are hags, but then there's the long and dirty history of lighting women on fire who disagreed with you. But honestly, if she's going to attack us, we and do try have to kill... proof, though, that they are witches. Yeah. It's not like they're it's not all witches. Like, they're not I witches. I'm going to say hags. this. I'm going to say this just so that we're because <laughs> it doesn't sorry. matter. I'm Except in the politically correct context, they are not witches. They, they are for could sure not be witches. Christine O'Donnell's because they, she also said she was not a witch. Yes, I'm not a uh, witch. Shadow would not have outright bitten a witch. No, Wait, was that turn me into a newt? You don't know. <laughs> I mean, you'll you'll get better. Carlton, what did you roll? I got a twelve for my initiative. And Bernie, ten. And Jonathan, uh, nineteen. And Bucks, uh, also. So a 19. Okay. You guys can go on the same initiative. I'm okay with that. Travancore. Travancore rolled a 12. Oh, no. Our DPS. And Shadow? 22, but that's a natural 20. That is a natural 20. It's laser time, boys. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Shadow is amped for this. Yeah. Shadow's pissed. Okay. This all happens in a moment. This woman glares at you. It is Shadow's turn because Shadow has taken the initiative in multiple ways at this point. (laughs) What would Shadow like to do? Okay, Shadow knows this thing is bad news and I trust Shadow's instinct. So he's going to run up to, uh, not to immediately in front of the little girl, but to the the right a little bit. So catty corner from her. So she's still within range and he's going to bite her again. Sure. Yeah, let's see how we do here. Yeah, so that's that's an eight. But uh, it's a natural one, so I feel like maybe the pendulum has swung the other direction. So Shadow, who seems to know exactly what's wrong with this being, has no compunction. As much as Bernie was just like, I'm not killing a child, Shadow is just very willing to kill whatever this thing is. (laughs) (laughs) Except now seems to have this problem hitting this child. Why do you roll a natural one? So... Even though Travancore has his natural bond with Shadow and trusts Shadow, the, the sight of seeing his bear, like, bite a child, anything that looks like a child, like, the color drains from Travancore's face, and I'm sure that he saw equal amounts of disgust and shock on the faces of the people he trusts the most. And even though he knows what he knows, and he knows what he smells, and he knows this thing, whatever it is, is bad news, it throws him off just enough because he values what the party thinks of him. I like it. I like it very much. All right. That in Shadow's turn. Jonathan, your turn. So uh, Zilla and Peggy have been standing like in front of the cabin. I'm guessing the cabin is north from us, our current position. The cabin is to your right about you guys are standing right up against the hill, which is where apparently this home is. And so basically about if north is above, like it always is in my games. So she came around kind of the side of the hill and is standing 20 feet in front of you with her child, this child next to her. And two Bernie's right about 10 feet away is uh, about 10 feet to the east and another five feet north or so. So not very far away, only about 10 feet away was the door that the small child came out of. So, okay. okay. I want to send a fireball into that door. The door is closed. Okay. I will not send a fire. I would, I'd want to send a fireball into that door, but I won't for now. Instead, you'd have to run over and open it. You could definitely do that if you wanted, but you do need to have 
direct line of sight, I believe, on where you send the fireball. Yeah, I I could probably just cast it on me, but I don't want to give anyone else a chance to act before I do that. So Grandmammy is going to is going to miss out on this. These two, however, will not. I will put the fireball behind them so that they are the only ones affected and they need to make a dexterity saving throw DC 17 while I roll the damage. So Zilla rolls an 18, Peggy rolls a 14. So Zilla succeeds, the adult succeeds, the child fails. I feel a little rotten about this, but that's okay. Only a little. God damn it! Again, with a shitty roll. Uh, that is going to be a 34 damage. So 34 damage to the child and half that. So 15 to the adult. Yeah, your fireball uh, goes seven, off and they 17. take it. Oh, because it was 34. Sorry. 34. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she takes it. And the two of them, when the fireball decreases, it looks like the the adult survived it a lot better. You can tell she took damage from it, but uh, definitely the, the child kind of took the brunt of it. She doesn't seem to be affected by her wounds. Like you could tell she's bloody and her her simple clothes are now on fire. But she looks angry. Hmm. She's a barbarian. Clearly. All right. Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to head straight southeast, right, to behind the group. So over here. All right. So you're going to retreat and kind of move back. Anything else? Tactically reposition. Oh, you're going to tactically reposition and move back. (laughs) All right. Anything else? Uh, That's it for now. And what about Bucks? Bucks is going to uh, wing off directly west and is going to fly 40 feet in that direction. And start looking out for to see if Grandmammy is actually not in the cabin, but out in the forest stalking us. Okay, uh, he can roll a perception check if he's only moving his forty feet. Uh, he gets an eleven. He, uh, I think he's bedazzled by the fireball going off. Ah, but it is. You are still in the middle of a, a slight clearing. He can't see. He hasn't gone up. He basically went forty feet out so he can't see behind or inside of this hut and it's hard to see through the tree line but at least in the clearing that you guys are in he doesn't see anything else okay and that's it for him the door slams open and an elderly human walks out actually she doesn't even walk out she just holds open the door and this is a an ancient human woman she's got patches of gray hair left on the top of her head and a horribly wrinkled face with frown lines that are evident her clothing is uh, same kind of simple peasant's garb and disheveled but she looks super unhappy and she glares at all of you and says in the middle of my tea and wait she... what almond cheese get mad when their tea is interrupted oh no no birdie no don't don't no no ignore her <laughs> they did invite you in for tea i didn't believe them but that's the kind of anger that... can i inside check this on your turn you can uh <laughs> birdie's gonna turn on us <laughs> jonathan Yo. she glares at you and i need you to make a wisdom saving throw Hup, counter <laughs> Okay, I need you to roll that. Uh, fourth level. Oh. Was my, okay. yeah, my last fourth level spell. I'm going to go ahead and just eh, not even fuck around with that. She will glare at you. She goes to, ca- she casts something at you. You counterspell it. She sighs. She looks over at Zilla 
and says, Well, then you do it. And do this quick. I want to get back to my tea. And she'll stay there as Zilla then glares at you and I need you to roll a wisdom saving throw. Damn. Uh, yeah, uh, my reaction is done. So, her. I believe in you, buddy. Hold on. Uh, wisdom saving throw? A wisdom saving throw. If she nails me after this, then I probably deserve to get turned against you guys. Uh, so that is a 17. Nope, that saves. Oh, uh, thank God. Okay. okay. I was like, the 11 is, is really middling. And I was like, favorite cloak? Now I'll roll with it. Yep. <laughs> All right. So the good news is you do not become frightened. All right. So you're only going to take half of this damage. Well, didn't roll that good. 10, 16, 17, 18. So half of 18 uh, is nine. So you're going to take nine psychic damage. For the listeners at home, that was 4d10. Yeah, I'm glad I saved. <laughs> All right. I feel like that was a uh, that's a little bit of a gamble, but I- I'm good with it. All right. And that is the end of her turn. And she stands there looking perturbed. Travancore, it's your turn. All right, Travancore is going to Hunter's Mark. Actually, the little girl, because she's already got some damage on her. I want to try and focus fire on, on her. <laughs> sure. Murder, the, murder the child! <laughs> and uh, just going to be regular era, era, nothing fancy. Don't want to risk using sharpshooter here. Well, 31 hit. Oh, yes. Holy shit. Holy Wait, macro. I got a big bonus to Isilgal. Oh, oh, hold on, uh, Travancore. Does Isengal have any properties when you roll an 18? Uh, oh, you know what? It's funny you ask, actually. A 19... Or a 20 counts as a crit. So so that's true. So that's so going to be... it's not a 20, but it is It is a crit. It's a so functional go ahead and 20. roll your I'll, damage. I'll take it. And so you know two what? of us crit on I'm 19 in this party. Because why not? This will go all rules. It's a goal rules. Why not? All right, so you got to double the dice. I had double the dice on the Hunter's Mark too, right? Yep. Any any of the dice you roll, you double. That's correct. All right, correct. so that's going to be 14 piercing plus 7 from the Hunter's Mark. It's going to be 21 damage total to, uh, to the kid who tried to touch a puppy. Nice. She looks very hurt. The The arrow doesn't sink in. It it goes through her leg. And she she reacts in pain. It obviously affects her, but she is still standing there. She has the eyes of Carrie, and she looks upset. Shadow's going to use his reaction to bite her again. She used to be a hag until she took an arrow to the knee. Yeah, <laughs> well done. I, I understood that reference. So that's going to be 24, 24 on the attack roll. A battle hit. That's going to do another 12 damage. She is rocked by Shadow and actually almost falls to one knee and has to be like grabbed by the adult next to her. And she pales and is looking very hurt. Anything else? Understanding the need for good cover in this situation, Travancore is going to move behind Car- Carlton and Blue. Okay, well, Blue's in his backpack, right, right, sorry. Yeah, basically I... behind Carl. Okay. Uh, and Carlton, it is your turn. I don't know if you're going to stay there and be cover for Travancore. <laughs> I say, hey, you're Travancore, catch. And I, like, undo the straps of the backpack so I don't bring Blue into battle. All right, I use my reaction to uh, to grab Blue. You two are right next to each other, so I'm assuming he could undo the straps of the the backpack. Basically, so that way you can, he just doesn't fall to the ground, so you can kind of like guide him to the ground. Oh, okay, so he doesn't it. just go plop. Uh, and then I'm gonna interpose myself between grandmother and Bernie. Uh, I'm gonna rage as a bonus action. Sure. And then I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna bring out my storm's fury, and I'm gonna start uh, attacking. I'm gonna go reckless. Uh, Twenty five to hit. That hits. 
Uh, do I have to separate the types? Uh, I don't think so. No. No, you don't. All right. Uh, 14 points of li- slashing and lightning. Okay. Second attack. 26 to hit. That'll hit. For 19 points. Okay. And then I'll stand there and be like, I'm mean. All right. Her wizened face looks unfazed by your attacks or your meanness. She takes the damage. You can tell you're doing damage, but she seems nonplussed. <laughs> Anything else? No, I'm good. Okay. It's the little girl's turn. Auntie Zilla looks down at Peggy and says, Remember what we taught you, my dear. Always go for the heart. The fuck does that mean? Peggy's going to hold out her hand and cast a magic missile. One dart's going for Bucks. That's a five. Buck sees it coming and does a barrel roll out of the way? No, I, I, this is magic missile, magic missile it does it. Oh, it automatically hits. That's right. It automatically hits. Okay, I guess. Uh, so I, I rolled a d4 for damage. Okay, so Bucks is winging around. He tries to get out of the way. The missile hits him and poof of feathers and he's gone. One of the darts is going after Coco Snoot. That's five oh. damage. Oh, hold on, now I've got to look up fucking Coco Snoot. He's got he's got better stats. Total cover protect you from magic missile. I don't think so. Because I have a feeling where this third one's going. Yeah, it says you cast three d- glowing darts of magical force. Each dart hits a creature of your choice that you can see within range. But total cover means you wouldn't be able to see it because he's deep in the basket. Is he? You handed off the basket and he was hanging outside of it. You didn't give any instructions to blow. Okay, that's true. Bernie? Well, he's got five hit points. Okay, so I will say he drops to zero. So your dog underneath you crumples and you feel him shudder. And in a last act, he manages to not roll over on his side and buck you off as he falls unconscious. Okay. 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 Psst, audience, it's not actually okay. 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 Lauren, there's one more dart. I know. Travancore, what did what did you do when Carlton handed you the basket with Blue, who was hanging out over the side of it? Well, he told me to take this, so my hands have Blue right now in them. I was going to just put them on my back as a, I guess, reaction. Okay. Travancore, I need you... To make a dexterity check to see if you can intercept the dart that's coming for Blue the puppy. Well, I am a dexty beast, so fingers crossed. They help me. 24. There's one more thing, audience, dear audience, that you need to know. That was natural 20. Jesus. Get your drink in hand. Drink. Wow. Travancore, you take four force damage. Okay. As Fine. You- put your hand out almost casually, almost like you knew it was coming. And and actually, you know what? I'm not going to take this away from you. You you saved this puppy's life. What what do you do? So I know immediately what's going on, that these are crafty witches. They're trying to disrupt us emotionally by going after the most vulnerable members of our party, right? To hope to throw us off our game. And I know that if that's their plan, that they're coming after Blue next, and I am not going to let that happen. So... When Carlton hands it off to me, I kind of deftly put him on my back next to my quiver. So he's kind of resting on my back. But as I see the magic missile coming, I just sort of, I, I actually do my best to sort of bat it to the side. I don't think you can do that with magic missile, but I, like, I'll put my hand out just to take the, the, the zzz, you know, just, I'm going to try and bat it like off to the side, like, like as if it's like 
yeah, nice try. Yeah, you go for it like it's an arrow, and it's not, so it impacts your hand, but you take the brunt of that damage, which is not a lot, but it's moments away from hitting blue, and you just know that that puppy was not going to survive. The small child screams in frustration, and it's a scream that has a tinge of horrific glee. Bernie, it's your turn. I've been waiting to use this spell. Okay. Bernie's going to cast Flame Strike. I mean, we headed out into the Feywild, and I thought, yeah, this is the one. And she's going to cast it very specifically so that it encompasses Zilla and Peggy, but not the bear, because I can't spell sculpt. And okay. this is like that time when those bugs tried to get at my dog. And then they didn't, but they tried, but now someone has succeeded, and you killed the owl that I am constantly also having to help bring back from the dead. So, for those of you who don't know, Flame Strike is a fifth level spell. It's serious business. Why don't you read it off since you haven't... You tried to use it earlier, but then you kind of... It was the bad timing, so you're going to go for like, it now. I use... No. Okay. Each creature in a 10-foot radius, 40-foot high cylinder, must make a dexterity saving throw. A creature takes 46 fire and 46 radiant damage on a failed save. Okay, so you're centering it on the woman and the child away from Shadow and away from everybody else. Yeah, basically, I think so. You know what I mean. I'm working it so it doesn't encompass Shadow. So you're not hitting any of your friends. Yep. Yeah, let me pull up my thing. So I've got my spell save DC. And it's a dex saving throw? Yeah, you're going to have to do a really good dex saving throw. Well, we'll see. They, As you have now seen, they have advantage on these, but they still will take half damage even if they succeed. So the adult is not going to do it. It's a nine. The child, there's a Damn 19. A so the seven, child does save. But whatever, she'll take half damage. I am so angry. You killed my dog. I did. And your parents taught you to do that. And that is the thing that makes Bernie even more angry is that your parents taught you to do that. So let me see. Coco Snoop dead dead, or is he dying? You would have to check. 15 15 radiant damage, followed by... No, sorry, 15 fire. The first one's fire. I'm just going by the list. Followed by 16 radiant damage. So 31 damage total. Mm -hmm. Okay. This column of radiant fire erupts around these two, And the screaming, maniacally laughing glee of the newest hag in the coven gets choked and is cut off. And when the fire is gone, when the radiant light is gone, all that's left is the burning, charred corpse of this creature. And you hear... The old woman from the door, her breath hitches a little bit. Zilla, the one outside the adult, looks down, a little disappointed, and looks back at you and says, Well, I guess she hadn't learned fast enough. We'll just have to find another one. And Bernie's also going to use her bonus action and cast Spiritual Weapon. Okay. Because that lady survived. She did. Where would you like to put it? She's, I mean, I guess it's, she's not, it's not really, Shadow's not in flanking, but she's going to put it so that Shadow could be in flanking, theoretically, and within a turn. Okay. What does your spiritual weapon look like in this moment? 
It is. I. I. It looks like Kevin. It looks like Kevin the Mace because okay. Bernie is angry and sad and doesn't have time to be cheeky. She's all she is is anger because you killed the things her friends love the most and you killed one of the things she loves the most. And she looks at Zilla and she says, "I'm going to burn everything you love." I will light the fucking Feywild on fire to punish you for this. I will kill every hag in existence. You will feel the repercussions of your actions for generations. I don't care how long it takes me. And she's going to roll an attack. Okay. As Kevin the spiritual weapon comes down and you say this to her, she looks at you and says... Oh, then maybe you would make a good replacement. And that's a 14. I don't think it's going to hit. She's Sadly, emotional. that does not. She That that interaction is a little too much, and it, it barely misses, but it does miss. That's fine. Shadow has advantage. Go bite her, Shadow. Shadow hears this, and it is his turn. Shadow's going to go bite her. <laughs> I can roll towards the corner, so he has advantage with the flanking. Okay. High roll is 22. Definitely hits. Rad. That's going to do an additional 15 damage. Okay. Doesn't quite seem to do as much as you'd hoped, but you do know his attacks are not magical attacks, and you you get, you have a feeling. Everybody else has been doing magical attacks. It does do a little bit of damage to this creature. Yeah, plus she has a giant bear in her face, so that's got to throw off her game at least a little bit. Sure. Jonathan, it's your turn. All right. Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to... Is... Did Bernie move? No. No. So Coco Snoot is under her. Yes. Okay. So Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to detonate a fireball right on top of Zilla. And he's going to sculpt it around Shadow, Carlton, Bernie, and uh, Coco Snoot. And it should get, if in that configuration, it should also hit the grandmother as well. And that is going to be, it's just a third level. So it's going to be uh, some damage and DC 17. Deck saves. Hey, Jonathan? Yo. Does Fireball sculpt around creatures? What What can you sculpt it around? Creatures, I believe. Roll an Arcana check. Uh, 21. You managed to sculpt it around the form that is Coco Snoot. I specified Coco Snoot. You did. The body that is Coco Snoot. Okay, then... You do sculpt around it, though. You, you manage... You don't hit the body of Coco Snoot. Right. All right. The hag does fail her saving throw. So what is the this, the damage? Uh, way better this time for a lower level fireball. Uh, 27. Okay. And this one, this one, the other one doesn't get hit? Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Got a little distracted making some life or death decisions in my life. Uh, no. The hag, that hag also fails. Zilla looks... Her smug demeanor fails as this fireball goes off. She is still standing, but she is looking now as tattered and flame-ridden as the the child was, the other, the, the small hag. And she is she stumbles a bit, and the the smirk turns to anger as it is the grandmother's turn. Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to move uh, 30 feet straight uh, west. It is the grandmother's turn. 
Uh, the grandmother looks at you, Carlton, and gives you what would, in under normal circumstances, be a grandmotherly smile and says, Oh, no, dear, not right now. Maybe later. And she's going to cast Hold Person. Hold on. Uh, is that in range? Or did I move out of range? Uh, you are 35 feet. I think, is it 60 feet? 60 feet. So, yeah, I'm going to try and counterspell that. You're going to get counterspelled by Zilla. Oh! She snaps her head to you and says, not this time. And your counterspell is counterspelled. And I I yell back with a vicious uh, grin. Oh, well, maybe you should have saved that one for the one that got your child. Ah! All right, so whole person's wisdom save? I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Uh, everybody, that's going to be a 21. Is that a natural 20? No, it's a 19. Oh, oh. okay. <laughs> close. Well, I'm still thirsty. So close. That if it does... were an attack, that'd be a crit, but it's not an attack. It's a save. That does save. Okay. I know this effect. She did it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I point to Bernie. <laughs> You're I've not. Done, I've done it too. Yep. A lot of people. A lot, I failed a lot the ones of... from my party, but not the enemies. A lot of people. A lot of people have done that to you. Sometimes that you don't even remember. Did we erase that memory? <laughs> he just was too drunk. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, that ends the grandmother's turn. It is Zilla's turn. Hold on. She's trying to figure out what she's going to do, which usually involves me opening up a lot of spells in D&D Beyond right now. Okay. She is going to look down at Shadow and reach her hand out into a claw and then bring it into a fist. And the ground around Shadow erupts like a a giant hand. And I need Shadow to make a strength saving throw. I'm so glad Shadow has actual health. And advantage on all saving throws as long as you can see Travancore. I'm sorry, Jules. I had I was saving my reaction in case Blue got hit. No, no, that's fine, man. Yeah, no, I get I feel ya. Will a sixteen save? Sixteen just saves. <sighs> All right, so the hand erupts out of the ground and and tries to grab Shadow, but Shadow manages to push it away. The hand is still there in the space next to Shadow, but it wasn't able to grab a hold. And Travancore, it's your turn. Ooh, Travancore is super pissed. Like, he thinks of how many times, like, Bernie saved Shadow's life, and now Coco's Newt is down. So Travancore, against his better judgment, is going to move next to Bernie and Carlton in that space specifically to block Coco's Newt. Although he's not very big, so he's not really thinking. So he's going to be right here. What are you doing with Blue? Oh, Blue's still going to be on my back. He's in He's in the same harness that Tra- Carlton has, like, the book bag, like, the little basket. It's just a lot okay. bigger on, on Car- Travancore. <laughs> he reaches arrows and stuff. It's just a little bit more awkward and unwieldy. I'm willing to take a penalty to movement if need be. I feel like you just put him in your expandable quiver. Kind of. I'll <laughs> say it's going to be a bonus action to get him situated. That's fine. All okay. right. Are so... you moving in front of Bernie? I'm moving right in front of Bernie to block, okay. you know, to, to protect Coco's. I don't need a bonus action to move my hunter's mark, do I? What you is, do, yes. What does Hunter's Mark Crap. say? Yeah. One moment. I'm pretty sure it says I need to use my Hunter. Yeah. Ah. Bonus right. action, yeah. You know what? It, it's fine. Travancore has a plan for this. Um, he is going to use his feet. He's going to use Sharpshooter here. So he's going to take a penalty with the idea that he can add whatever he would have lost from Hunter's Mark there. And uh, he's going to roll. Here we go. 24. That'll hit. Uh, who are you attacking? And I'm attacking uh, Zilla. Okay. I love one die eight plus fifteen. That is a massive amount of damage. Yeah, so twenty points of damage. 
in your cool headed moment in this fight in order to you're holding on to blue you're getting in front of of bernie and and coco snoot and you're still gonna go ahead and attack and you just go where you normally do you go for the eye and it strikes true and she doesn't even make a sound when her body slumps to the ground unmoving all right uh that's a lot for one turn travancore's done okay carlton it's your turn all right uh i'm still raging i'm still reckless and i got a grandma in front of me and she doesn't have any cookies and that makes me really upset a 16 does that hit that does not it's it's awkward for you because she's standing in the doorway, so to hit her is a little more than just doing a swing, and you just barely miss. All right, I uh, got a second one coming at her. Sure. Uh, 17. This time you managed to avoid the doorframe, and you just barely hit her. Go ahead and roll damage. Uh, for 17 points of slashing and lightning. Okay. Axe and surge. Two more coming at her. Okay. Uh, that's a 25 to hit for 19. Okay. And then last swing. Uh, soft 20 for 18. She told, she taught the little girl to go after my puppy. I don't like that. It's, it's weird as you hack into her. She's taking damage. Big gashes filled with blood down her front. And she's just laughing. And it's this cackled, withered laugh of the dry-throated death of an old, withered woman who has no heart. But you do do a ton of damage to her. Is there anything else? Uh, I'm stand there and do a tanking. Okay. Bernie, it's your turn. Is there any way... So my spiritual weapon can move up to right next to Carlton. Uh, yes. As a bonus action. Can it still hit her because it's on the diagonal with her? Uh, yeah. She's, she's in the doorway, but she's out of it just enough that... Yeah, you can't get behind her, but yes. Does a 23 hit? Yes. Go ahead and roll damage. 10 force damage, I think it is. I'll double check for you. Force yeah, damage. The, 10 force damage. The mace rocks her, but she continues to laugh. And she looks... Uh, she's actually gripping the sides of the door frame. And as the mace comes into view, and she's holding herself up by this door jam, she's looking at you, Bernie, and she's laughing. Okay, Bernie's gonna cast Bi- Guiding Bolt as a fourth level spell. <laughs> oh. Bernie doesn't like it when people laugh at her. Or kill their or dog. kill her dog. Yeah. Twenty-seven. That's a twenty fucking seven. Bernie's ink. Uh, that so, absolutely okay. hits. Four d six. So this guiding bolt's a first level spell. So seventy six. She takes seventy six radiant damage. Go ahead and roll it. Thirty one. Damn girl, you just fireballed her with holy light. Describe in gory detail the death of this hag. I will drink to that. Same. Same. That's right. Last of my beer. Bernie's just like that kind of shaking, angry. She's had her say. Like, she said she would snuff out everything about them, and she has. And so, in the same way that little girl extended her hand to get a puppy uh, that she would have probably killed, Bernie's going to extend her hand and... Seven bolts of light are going to come out and hit this woman in the heart, and she's going to get her mid-laugh, and Bernie's going to look her in the eye as she dies. That's exactly what happens. The the charred, radiantly damaged chest of this hag basically crumbles as the rest of the body falls to pieces in the doorway. And you're out of initiative. 
We want to thank Polymorph Crafts for sponsoring this episode. Polymorph Crafts offer stylish and affordable ways to carry everything you need game day and stay organized at the table. Their Mimic Chest starts life as a compact wood chest that converts into a dice tower and tray, dice and pen vaults, card stands, a coaster, and plenty of room to carry minis and more. Over 230 tiny magnets. How do they work? In each Mimic Chest, make assembly a breeze and come in three affordable price points with lots of customizable options. So check out polymorphcrafts.com and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at polymorphcrafts. That's polymorphcrafts.com. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game that you can download right now on Steam. The most recent update includes content from the new adventure Dragon Heist, and will be the first time fans can get a glimpse of all of the fun stuff in the book since Wizards of the Coast made the announcement. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast, and it's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. Speaking of chests... Thanks to the fine folks who made Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. Now this code expires on July 29th, 2018 at 9pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. P-I-R-N-A-N-N-S-B-A-Y-T-R-O-L So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Bernie's going to try to cast Cure Wounds on her dog. Yeah, Coco Snoot is not moving. I need you to roll a medicine check. Okay. 21. He's dead, but you don't... No, wait. No, wait. He might roll another medicine check. 19. Because two rounds went by, and he had to pass two death-saving throws. You can go ahead and cast Cure Wounds on Coco Snoot. Okay, so that's eight, which is more than his total hit points. So Bernie's just going to, like, sit down, and she's going to touch his nose, and it will be cold and wet. And as his eyes flick open, he licks your hand, and then obediently stands, ready for you to remount him, as though nothing had happened. Hey, 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 um, so you died, and we're not gonna do that again. I have to go bring an owl back to life, okay? But, um, Travancore has some of the sneaky treats that he saves for the bear, and he's going to give you all of those, right? Travancore, what's your passive perception? <laughs> 16. You, you, you hear her say this through her drying tears. You very clearly hear her say I this. I look over in shadow and I say, he just came back from the dead. He can, you can give up some of your treats. Shadow is practically pulling your treat bag off and open to give to okay. Coco Snoot. I walk over to Coco Snoot. I give him a rub. And you know what? It's a level one spell. So why not? I can't speak with animals. And I say, welcome back, Coco- Baron Von Coco Snoot. <laughs> Coco Snoot says that I know Bernie you normally do Coco Snoot, but indulge me. Yeah. Yeah. Coco Snoot happily takes the treat and then responds to you and says, I was very asleep. I am so embarrassed and sorry. Would you tell my Bernie that I have 
I have never done that before, and I would never do that again. I am embarrassed and grateful, but I, I am so sorry. I say, I say that to Bernie, and I add, he's a very professional dog. Yes, he is the most professional. Who's the most professional? You're the most professional. You have so much dignity. You've got more <laughs> dignity than anybody else, and you will. Ne- I will never, ever, ever let you die again. Shadows come ever, up to Coco's ever, Newt ever. and has been licking Aww. the side of Coco's Newt where he got hit by the, the magic missile and is like cleaning off the blood. Travancore, since you've cast Speak with Animals, you hear Shadow say, you took a hit for your your writer for bernie and it was very brave and and then you, bernie brought you back to life because she loves you and you love each other just like travancore and i love each other and and it will all be okay but you don't have to be sorry you were very brave and Coco snoot is he doesn't seem to believe shadow but he's getting treats and licks and praise. And so you see, both, all of you, even if you don't speak with animals, see that he kind of accepts it. I also need everybody to roll perception checks. Oh boy. While that was going on, as soon as Travancore was done speaking with the pups, I walk over and I give him the biggest Carlton hug in the world. Travancore, he saved my dog, my brother, my best friend. And, I, and Travancore, picking up some of the parlance of uh, Faerun, says, I got you, fam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they don't say that back John, Jonathan the Magimuscular has also walked up behind Bernie and just like puts a hand on uh, on her shoulder and just gives her a squeeze. And he's kind of like wiping back his own tears at this. As as you do that with Bernie and Carlton, as you hug Travancore, uh, Travancore, you hear Blue in the basket saying, oh, but I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to lick everybody. I wanted to play with everybody. I wanted to, where do they all go? Why was it attacking? I don't know what's oh. going on, but you're nice and ooh, what the, treats, 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 I take a treat and I throw it in the basket for Blue. And while I'm doing that, I kind of, I unfasten the, uh, the basket and hand it back to, uh, to Carlton. Thanks. Your scratches. For perception checks. Did anyone roll under a five? No, no, no. I think so. No. I want. I just wanted to make sure nobody I got like a nineteen critically failed this. Did anyone uh, roll a twenty? No. Okay. You take this moment, the group of you, mourning what's happened to Bucks, celebrating that you were able to save Coco Snoot. You know, celebrating that Blue wasn't hit, and then finally, kind of take a moment to relook around this battlefield and. More of this illusion, or all of it, essentially at this point is gone. And you can see it is a much worse area than you originally thought. The cleared trees extend for maybe an an extra 150 feet on all sides. The ground is muddy and swampy. And there are, they sound like flies, but they've got this weird overtone to them that kind of almost reminds you of mosquitoes that are buzzing around. The water that has seeped into what you can now see are your own footprints ha- having walked across this area is fetid and smells of just something gone horribly wrong. 
those of you that are standing that were standing in the doorway, you had the briefest of glimpses inside of this hut. And then as the the illusion fades, you can see what had originally looked like a fairly simple, clean hut now reeks of desiccation. There are bones scattered throughout the floor. The chimney is belching black smoke that has a tinge of burnt meat and sulfur to it. And however much these hags were hiding what they were doing, it was even worse when they dropped some of it. Ooh. Oh my god. <laughs> I want to scrounge around for some cool trinkets. Bernie's gonna get up and she's gonna say, Jonathan, can you show me sh- show me where Bucks went down? Oh, I it went over there, but uh but uh I, I got it. Um I think I hope at this point it'll be a lot easier to resummon him. I mean we're we're a team and I think I think it'll be okay. I th- I'm gonna go grab one of his feathers and uh and take care of that while y'all check out the uh the house. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Jonathan roll an intelligence check. Straight intelligence is going to be 13. The last time this happened when you fought the cave dragon, Bernie offered up a prayer and you took care of this ritual right away. The time before when it happened, all your friends were standing around you, protecting you, helping you, and you did this right away. Sure, yeah, let's let's go over to where, where Bucks was. I'll grab one of his feathers and we'll take care of it here. I appreciate the help, thank you. Come on, Coco Snoot, you're going to help Mommy cast a spell. Coco Snoot is ready for you to mount right back up. The three of you trot off. Jonathan, you know you don't necessarily need a feather, but it would make you feel better. Go ahead and roll an investigation check, uh, and I'll give you advantage because Bernie's trying to help you. Uh, that's a natural 20. Hey! <laughs> Drink! It's a good night for D&D. Yeah. You don't know if it is a a good or bad portent, but because you know that when your celestial owl dies, his body dies, but his, and then the, the body disintegrates essentially because he goes back to whatever plane of existence he's from. But you do find a single white owl feather. All right. I hold it in my hand and I start the ritual for uh, Find Familiar. Bernie, are you going to do anything? Would you like to assist in any way? Or are you going to... Bernie's going to pull one of her tea bags out. And she can't really make tea. And she doesn't really feel like anything here is that clean. No, everything around you. You are standing in the mud and the muck. The water around you is fetid. You know for a fact it would it would be a really bad idea to make tea. Uh, Unless you had a fire and maybe a purify water smell. Uh, no, she's gonna open up the bag and she's gonna walk in a circle around Jonathan and she's gonna make a circle of tea around him. And then she's gonna assume that we all have minor cooking supplies on us and she's gonna pull out her salt and she's gonna make another circle around him made out of salt. And then she's going to stand back and she's gonna say... I think, I think you just have to ask her. And I think if you ask her, she'll say yes. And uh, Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to ask, Bay, I don't pray to you that often. I don't have the tongue for it. 
no one will remember what the owl did, who he hooted at, or who he, which mouse he caught. But if you return him to me, there will be glory. If not, well, to, you know what? I'm not going to. No, please just just give me a hand here. Thank you. I'm not going to finish that. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie, go ahead and roll a religion check. Oh, no. That's a five. Something about the way you you look at Jonathan. It is a natural one. There's something about the way you look at Jonathan when you tell him to pray. He, he has a bit of a sarcastic smirk on his face. You don't know if he's just not taking the praying seriously. You don't know if he's like being normal Jonathan jossing around. But like something in that moment feels off. Try again. I'm going to give you a note. Okay. Humble. Okay. I'll, I'll channel le- less of that Conan play I saw once. Sorry. Um, Bay, I, my, I really just want my buddy back. Say please. Please. Mean it. I do! Roll another religion check. Okay, that's better. That's a 20. I believe! <laughs> you, you definitely believe him this time. You feel like maybe Bay believes him this time. Something tells you Bay believes him this time. There wasn't the, the joshing around. Jonathan, are you attempting to summon the same familiar? I am. I need you to make... An intelligence saving throw with advantage. Uh, that is going to be 23. You cast the ritual. It takes an hour. Bernie's standing outside this tea and salt circle that she's made. You've entreated Bay first with a little bit of humor and, this, and the second time with nothing but serious sorrow. And as you finish the ritual to summon your familiar out of the trees there is ghostly wings that flap into the familiar form of bucks who lands on your shoulder and is very peeved <laughs> i know buddy i know i i take him and i i like gently press my head against him and i i rub his owl head and i'm like i know buddy that yeah jonathan the metamuscular at this point is going to He's been like sitting like uh, crisscross applesauce, uh, cross-legged style, and he's gonna kind of shift around and he's gonna he's gonna return to his sitting pose and and look at Bernie and Bernie, you've never seen look him look at you like this before, and he's gonna say, "I know, I know, I have my moments of levity and uh, one just now that was quite inappropriate, and I'm I'm really sorry about that." Bay has come to my aid three times directly now, bringing back bringing back uh, Bucks to me. And she's acted through your magic and through your words. I am not, I haven't been a religious fellow. I went to Temple for Mistra uh, back at school. Poseidon was one of the gods that we worshipped back at Care uh, Calendar. And I was just kind of like, it was one of those things where I know about the plane below where the followers of Poseidon go. I know about the the magical confluxes that Mistra uh, held. I knew all that, and I know what happens to people when they die and they go there. Uh, that's that's part of the package. But I never believed. I never was a devotee. Would you have me as a devotee of Bay? Oh, um. Uh, well, I, I don't really get to make that decision. That's sort of up to you. I think I'm ready. Okay, yeah. 
here's the fun, fun, fun fact. I've never converted anyone. And we shouldn't do it here. We definitely shouldn't do it here. And I don't have... We don't really have a pamphlet. (laughs) (laughs) So we might have to... We might have to go find a temple. Okay. I don't think you have to do much other than believe. There's not a lot. There's not like... There aren't dues that you pay or anything. Well, thank God, because I'm already giving a bunch of money to a bunch of other assholes who do magic, so that's good. Bernie, you would know you would know Bay has some pretty basic tenants, just like all the gods do. She has a pantheon that she inhabits. She has uh, you know some some specific things that she expects from from her followers and worshipers, but those are things that you could definitely instruct him in. But you you also do know her her temples and her churches are with you always and the trappings are helpful to those who need it but not necessary yeah let's get out of this particular plane of existence sounds good find some tea there's not really a lot to it actually i mean mostly it's more like there's certain behaviors that if you do them you're sort of like banished Kind of like racism. I I think if you are a paragon of Bay, then I have a good example to to live by. Cool. With that, we're going to switch on over to Carlton and Travancore, who, uh, as you guys go off to do this ritual, Carlton had mentioned wanting to loot the whatever. Uh, and Travancore, you're there with him. What what exactly would you like to do as you watch Jonathan and Bernie go off to do what is now at this point a semi-familiar ritual? I um, guess we're going to check out the house uh, per Carlton's request. Like, I'll keep him company. I'll see if he has his eye. I'll ask Carlton, you got your eye on anything in particular? No, I just know I'm going to fuck that up and I, like, gesture back to the ritual. So, I'm like, at this point, I know to go over here. Fair. Before I go in the house, I'm actually going to try and grab an article or a piece of jewelry or a piece of cloth. Something from one of the three bodies that proves that. That's what I figured I was going to do in the house was get, like, information. Like, that wasn't on there. I just want to get some of the pictures to prove that, you know, we killed these witches. You know, just to sort of. Some kind of cool little trinkets or anything like that. Not even, yeah. Little stuff to stock my room with. I'm more concerned with proving to the pixies that if the beholder is still there in their town for whatever reason, that, you know, we did our bit. Okay. Uh, which body are each of you inspecting to do this? Uh, well, I was right next to Grandmother. Yeah. And I was going to, like, I guess I have to inspect her to go into the house. Yeah, I'll look at uh, Zilla because she's the one I think is the most intact because all I did was put an arrow through her eye. The other two, like, the Grandmother, I think, was, like, like incinerated almost. And the kid, I think, took a beating, was, was caught up in that flame as well. So was also incinerated by another type of yeah, flame. Yeah, basically. So she's she's the least incinerated by default. All three of them have taken some flame damage and some radiant damage. The child's body is is definitely the most damaged. So both of you roll investigation checks. Detective Travancore investigates. I was wondering if I could get to say that this episode. <laughs> Oof. Nine. Nine for Carlton. I got a twelve. Okay. Neither of them have any jewelry on them. Neither of them have any objects, really, of of any sort it's the kind of weird you you think hope you hope that there might be something in the house both of them are wearing the same peasants dresses that you saw them in you don't find anything else except the clothes they're wearing although both of you do notice the grandmother she already looks 
old. She already looks like an ancient human. It's a little hard to tell with the the burn marks around her chest, but Carlton, when you're looking for any jewelry and you're checking her hands, you notice that her skin has a blue tinge to it. And Mm. Travancore, the adult that was with the child, the one named Zilla, was she seemed to be like a middle-aged human now that you're examining her even beyond some of the burn marks and everything you do know she seems a little older than that maybe maybe now also young grandmother you know 50s 60s kind of thing so julianne moore but not julie andrews no okay and nowhere near as inviting or delightful (laughs) but no neither of you find any objects that just the clothes they're wearing all right, I'm going to go ransack their house. Same. Because right. they tried to kill our pu- our pets. You walk into the house. I need you to roll a constitution saving throw. Oh, here we go. All right. 27. And Trevancore? 12. Okay. Carlton, both of you expected this place to be a font of evil. Carlton, you've had farts worse than this. <laughs> it's still bad. It's still super bad. But nothing you haven't brought upon yourself. He totally has. That's canon now. I know exactly when, and it was when the opal came out. Oh, oh that too. That smell worse that than too. a hag's worm. Art imitates oh, art. Man. Yeah. So the smell, the sight of all of the carnage, it looks like people were killed, dismembered, and eaten in here. There is just grizzle and viscera, and there's a pot simmering on the fire, and it's horrible, but you hold it all down. Travancore, it's the worst thing you have ever experienced as far as your senses. It is horrifically abhorrent. You don't take any damage, but your your eyes are watering from smoke. Your nostrils fill as this horrible stench is filling them. Your mouth goes dry. You cough a little bit. It's it's both nauseating and sickening. You're going to have disadvantage on everything you do in here. Got it. Uh. Well, but but why don't you go get some fresh air for a bit? I, I'll, I'll find something in here. Yep. I'll- I can see that his, like... Normal brown skin has gone green. <laughs> oh yeah, he's coughing. It's 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 bad and it's it's horrific. I'll hang out with Shadow. You want me to keep an eye on Blue? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Blue. Just don't even give me the basket. I'll just hold Blue in my hands and just get some puppy kisses. Like hang out outside where it's safe. He, he goes straight for your treats bag. If you see anything cool, let me know. <laughs> yep. All right. I'm gonna go go rummaging around for some type of like like a book, like a any weird trinket. Maybe a spell book. Give me an investigation check. Dice gods, dice gods, be there. Nope. Ooh. That's a three. All right. I'm not a detective. You're hesitant. I'm a bad cop. There's no shelves. There's no real furniture that you can see. There's a, a rocking chair in one corner that looks like you could kick it into pieces easily. Really nothing else. So it's not like a... Yeah, you you come over and just kind of nudge it with your toe and it it... It crumbles into four or five different planks of wood, all of which immediately termites scamper out of heading towards uh, your sword. So there's really nowhere that you can look in a traditional sense. There's no cupboards. There's no cabinets. There's there's really nothing to look in. You're a little wary about digging through the viscera. And so you don't want to actually put your hands in it. There's some like you're not unused to gore. 
but something mm-hmm. about this makes you not want to touch anything you don't have to so you just kind of take a really good look around you do find over on one side a glass jar which seems a little out of place in in what looks like a ruined hut everything else is decrepit and decaying how did glass survive as a small glass jar filled with this this pale amber liquid and when you pick it up and look into it it's got a single human eyeball floating in the jar their hag's eye all right is there like a scrap of clothing that's not in the viscera inside the hut no every is there like a curtain or any type of fabric nope Every all the fabric that you saw was on these three hags. There's the windows that you saw in the in in the side of this building. There were two of them. They don't have curtains on them. There's not a bed. Even this glass jar, which you saw just because some of the glass happened to be cleaned off, it has mm, dried flecks of blood on it and some kind of scum on the top of the lid. Okay, I will like kind of do that grab of it where you like just do the thumb and the middle finger and you like dangle like i don't want to touch it but i have to move it yeah type grab and then i like i put it on the ground outside and i grab like i tear off a piece of grandmother's dress and like wrap the jar in it okay travancore you watch as carlton comes outside with a glass jar with an eyeball in it and then reaches over and grabs a the hem of what's left of the grandmother's dress rips off a a good portion of it, and wraps that around the jar. Huh. Eyeball? What do I know about eyeballs? Can I roll any kind of check on what I see? It depends on what you want to know about eyeballs. What would you I... like to know about eyeballs, Travancore? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's the greatest. Well, right off the bat, when I see this much death and destruction, I know there's all kinds of beings that can cause this kind of thing, but the thing that's most first and foremost in my mind is, did these beings have any kind of affiliation with the Nine Hells? But I mean, probably not, but I figured might as well eliminate the possibility, right? Kids, what I know. All right, for that, give me an arcana or a religion check. Let's see, arcana, I don't get any bonus. Religion, I don't get any bonus. So I'll give you, I'm going to ask for a religion. Let's see. Okay. And that's going to be a four. So let's see what a four tells me. Oh, anything this horrible and evil. I mean, they're probably going to somewhere in the nine hells, but otherwise you're really not sure. Might have asked the spellcasters when they come back. Good find, though. Unless there's anything else that Carlton or Travancore want to do, you can wait out the rest of this hour that the ritual takes, and Jonathan, Bernie, Bucks, and Coco Snoot will return. Unless there was something else you wanted to do. If it's an hour, then might as well have some hit dice for Shadow. I don't think he lost that much. Let's see, I think I have- Shadow only- Shadow didn't lose a lot, he's 43. Bernie and Jonathan are busy doing something, but the two of you can take a short rest at this point if there's nothing else you want to do. Shadow's got 40. Yeah, I don't think I actually wait, took it. Wait, wait, Shadow recovers no. 21 points. He's back up to full health. Nice. Yeah, you didn't need 21 points. I'm sorry. I was muted. No, I was trying fine. to tell you it's he okay. had 40 You were busy doing other count. things. Well, I figured right. three would be more than enough. But you could just roll one, and I could have told you. You were busy doing something else. I mean, it's no problem. I'm guessing it's late <laughs> enough that we're probably going to go rest anyway. This is just in case we run into anything on the way home. That's Yeah, true. Bernie, you wouldn't have been there for any of this. Basically, you guys are returning after the ritual, and they're finished they finished their their short rest while you guys were doing this so you wouldn't have been able to help anyway are we returning yeah you guys are done with the ritual the other two have uh, finished their examination of the house what would you like to do i'm guessing speak with animals expired yeah 
Not. I was going to say welcome back, Bucks. Now, he can understand you. He 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 gives you a uh, a a friendly hoot back, <laughs> a relieved hoot. A British hoot. Hoot hoot. Um, Carlton, do you have that uh, alchemy jug on you, friend? Uh, yeah, it's in the uh, uh, alchemy jug, and I reach in and pull out alchemy jug. Thank you, and it makes alcohol, right? Uh, beer or uh, ale and or wine. And now peanut butter. Chunky peanut butter. Chunky peanut butter. Sure. Oh, God, that's right. Bernie is uh, thinking about what has the higher alcohol content, and so she just leans over and whispers, Why? She is going to walk up to the house and walk inside, and she is going to uh, pour the wine. It makes how much? It makes a lot. D&D Beyond is great for everything. I seriously love using their digitally, their uh, characters that did it in an AL game the other It day. looks so much all better. All I did was an iPad. It was great. It looks so good. iPad and dice. That's all I had to do. Yep. All right. So we're making wine, right? Uh, we can have a gallon of wine. Bernie's going to pour. Porto Rossi. Bernie's going to pour <laughs> the uh, gallon of wine out inside the house. I guess I need to make a con save, right? If you're going to enter the house, yes. If you're going to try to seed uh, the house with alcohol from outside, I would need a slightly different check. So it's kind of up to you. Con save it is. All right. Eight. You walk in with the alchemy jug ready to just completely pour wine everywhere. You manage to hold back from retching. You don't actually throw up. Probably because even though this is the... This is horrible and turns your stomach and makes your intestines quiver after everything that's just happened in the last hour. Really, that's the worst thing ever of all time. But this place, your eyes water, your, you actually hear a buzzing in your head. Flames. I want to do the clue thing. Flames. 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 Inside your, but yeah, it's and it's heaving, worse for you. Heaving breaths. It's worse for you because as a cleric of a a good goddess, it is obvious that this is the most ritualistic evil slaughter that you can see. So everywhere you look is just anathema to your being. Bernie's gonna pull out one of her tea bags and Don't have many of those left. I know. But she's gonna cleanse this fucking place with fire. And so Wait, uh, oh. it, it it made it well we have to wait. It makes oil, but you already said wine. Alcohol is flammable. And she is focusing well, on wooden surfaces. Better. <laughs> Let's just let her have this. <laughs> Please just let me have this, man. Alright, can I have one sip though? No. Please. You can sip later. And Jonathan the Magimuscular, seeing what uh, Bernie's laying down, cocks a finger gun. And she's going to ask him to light the tea bag. At this point, Travancore and Shadow and uh, and Blue take a healthy, get a healthy distance away from the house. You and she's going to s- yeah. just, in the doorway, throw the tea bag, the lit tea bag, her little Beethoven cocktail, into the house. Okay. And you've seeded it with, you've with, poured out with, a gallon worth of wine into this horrible, horrible place? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Roll me one athletics check at disadvantage. Oh, Jesus Christ. Just to well, see how well of a job you do. Is there anything Travancore could do to aid her that will cancel out the disadvantage or no? You tell me. I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to come up with something because you can see in her face 
the same she's having the same reaction to this house that you did so you are now familiar with her reactions and with what's going on so you you know what's going on is that she's just so overcome with the sensation of being in this horrible place that she is having a hard time doing things i will i will accept i will i will entertain options clear your mind block it out do what needs to be done roll a persuasion check okay oh actually get a healthy bonus to persuasion how about that it's not often I have to persuade, believe it or not. You would think a diplomat would have to do these kind of roles more often. But. Mostly you do arrow diplomacy. That's just true. Well, no, I do a lot. No, that's not true. I saved Lydia, Lydia's past back without resorting to violence. That's true. It's not all. Well, that'll be a 13. Uh, Bernie, you hear Travancore's words, and they give you enough confidence to make a second constitution saving throw. Okay. How about a 15? His faith in you steadies your grip clears your eyes you don't think you could stay long in this place but you don't have to go ahead and roll the athletics check not with disadvantage just straight 13 you think you got this place pretty good you even managed to pour a little bit just out the doorway so that you can drop the lit tea bag from outside of the house which is a a little bit better of a place to be, and then you all back up. And of course, it doesn't explode. It's not like a explosion of fireball craziness. No, that's okay. Bernie likes a slow burn. The, but the wine definitely catches. It licks the sides and the inside of this, this horrible hut. You watch as the smoke that was pouring out of the chimney gets thicker and thicker. You hear cracking and popping and snapping from inside. You could swear you hear distant scream. You're not sure? And as you stand there for a little while, this place, it doesn't completely consume it because this is kind of the inside of a of a hill, but... As you stand there for the next half hour watching this place burn, you're pretty satisfied as you watch the, the windows crack and shatter. The door catches fire and turn and eventually becomes cinders and charcoal and ash. You see that the inside of this hut, it's going to take a while to burn and it might not completely get rid of everything, but most of it has gone up in flames. Bernie's going to sigh a big sigh, and she's going to reach down, and she's going to give Coco Snoot one of those nice pats you give dogs, which is supposed to reassure them, but really it's just reassuring you that dogs still exist in this world. And she says, okay, let's go. She turns, and she looks at Jonathan, and she says, I never got to mention, you can't drink coffee anymore. Wait, what? <laughs> and with that, we'll stop there. You don't know if that's a lie. Or I was about to say <laughs> we'll leave it up in the air. Yeah, before before you roll a, a deception check on that or a persuasion check, either way, we're going to stop there. And next time when we get together, you guys will have started your walk back. I'm assuming to home is where you're going to go see the pixies. Sure. And- mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta I gotta give the pixies an, a glass eye or an, a glass with an eye. Yeah, it's a it's a mason jar. It's not very big. Uh mason jar with amber liquid in it and what looks like a human eye. Perfectly preserved. You can write that in your inventory. I want nothing to do with this. Yeah. I'm going to give it to the pixies. Still have that Everfresh box. There you, well, it and it'll keep things fresh for a while. Meanwhile, let me give you some experience. 
in the Hall of Justice. <laughs> Thanks, Don Pardo. For killing a coven of hags. For for Travancore saving Blue's life. Thank you. Yep. Jonathan saving Coco Snoot's life. Thank you. For Bernie saving Bucks Bucks's life. Thank you. And for Carlton saving everyone's life. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you're what? What can I say except you're welcome? You're welcome. I'm gonna give you a total of seven thousand five hundred experience to split between the four of you. Wow. Co- Coven of Hags is no joke, yo. And next time when we return on Dungeon Drunks, we will return home to see what's left to do, what's happened with the Beholder, what's Seekin been up to, and what's next. God, Seek- Seekin- And we'll probably also get enough XP to level up. Seekin probably joined the Pixies. He's like, well, I signed this, and then they told me it'd be fine. Was it not going to be fine? I, no, I signed Seekin. this. It's not going to be fucking fine. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Year patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, That Indian Dude, Michael LaPointe, aka Vazarus, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.